Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into Flat Earth News, a compelling expose that uncovers the uncomfortable truths behind modern journalism. Published in 2008, the book acts as a siren's call to all who imagine journalism as a noble quest for truth, revealing instead an industry beleaguered by the demands of profit-driven media corporations. Through incisive analysis, Flat Earth News explains why news desks often recycle stories and how spin doctors manipulate the news to suit their own ends. Author Nick Davies, an accomplished investigative journalist with a body of work recognized by some of the highest accolades in the British press, draws from his rich experience working with prominent newspapers like The Guardian. His expertise brings a level of authenticity and insight to the discussion that both shocks and informs. Flat Earth News is an essential read for news enthusiasts seeking an insider's perspective on media operations. It's also a must-read for journalists and reporters grappling with the struggles of the profession as well as for anyone who has ever placed their trust in wire services as unimpeachable sources of news. Join us as we explore the shadowed lanes of media corridors where the pressing question of whether truth in journalism can prevail over profit is addressed with unflinching clarity. Flat Earth News, an award-winning reporter, exposes falsehood, distortion, and propaganda in the global media. Introduction. The Distorted Mirror of Modern Media, a Revealing Journey. In an era where the media landscape seems as vast as the sky itself, one could believe the news would offer an endless horizon of critical information. However, instead of focusing on pressing local issues or consequential legislation, it appears that the spotlight often falls on sensational or heartwarming anecdotes. What's gone awry with the journalism we rely upon to reflect the world around us? If you've ever had the sneaking suspicion that there's a mismatch between the news stories that flood your feeds and the events that truly matter, this exploration might just validate your qualms. It turns out that the pursuit of truth in journalism has been overshadowed by financial interests. The implications of a corporate-dominated media scene have far-reaching consequences, not only for the profession of journalism itself, but also for our perception of reality. Prepare to dive into the mechanics of newsrooms post-corporatization, where the battle for clicks often outweighs the quest for factual reporting. You'll discover that behind every viral story, there's a strategic choice made by media moguls who are meticulously shaping your news diet based on profitability over pertinence. In this narrative, you might uncover the reasons why Hurricane Katrina's coverage eclipsed the devastation of Hurricane Stan, the pitfalls of striving for balance in journalism at the cost of truth, and an acknowledgement that those who suspect a skewed media may not be as mistaken as they seem. So tune in. As we peel back the curtain on what's truly influencing the stories that inform, entertain, and sometimes mislead society. Part 1. The Modern Journalist. No longer the seeker, but the recycler of news. Gone are the days of the intrepid journalist, with a notepad in one hand and a pen in the other, 
scurrying through the bustling crowds to the heart of the action. The romantic image has been replaced by a stark reality, journalists stuck behind screens, recycling content instead of creating it. The truth is, the news industry has shifted its gears dramatically, from investigative boots on the ground reporting to an assembly line of story reproduction. The findings from a comprehensive study by the University of Cardiff paint a gloomy picture. Analyzing over 2,000 articles from revered British media, the study illuminated a disturbing trend. The overwhelming majority of these pieces were not fruits of original reporting, but echoes of existing wire agency reports or press releases. The authentic, investigative work, a paltry 12%. The culprit behind this dearth of field reporting is unforgiving cutbacks within the industry. Media corporations are tightening their belts, shedding employees, and leaving the remaining reporters to manage the soaring workload. Imagine this. Each journalist is expected to produce a staggering number of around 10 stories every single day. With such constraints, the luxury of time, crucial for verifying facts and pursuing leads, is a distant memory. Within this high-pressure environment, the casualty is often the depth and accuracy of the news we consume. Journalists no longer have the hours to dig beneath the surface or seek out eyewitness accounts. Instead, they have become adept at scanning through wire reports, pressing the refresh button, and repackaging stories at breakneck speed. Couple all this with the decline of regional journalism, once the backbone of investigative reporting, and the situation looks even bleaker. These local newshounds, who would typically feed valuable insights to national counterparts, have become an endangered species as large media conglomerates swallow local papers and cut staff to maximize profits. What we're left with is a media landscape where journalists are more likely to sift through online sources and press dispatches than to step out of the office and chase a lead. It's a climate that favors quantity over quality, breadth over depth, and speed over accuracy, the true cost of which is a public left craving the substance and integrity of real journalism. Part 2. Navigating the ripple effect of wire agency reporting in the media landscape. In the intricate dance of news curation, the reliance on wire agencies like the Associated Press, AP, and Reuters has reached a point where their word is often taken as gospel. It's not uncommon to witness a peculiar ballet where journalists bypass scrutiny by leaning into the influence these agencies hold. Believing that their thoroughness and journalistic integrity are beyond reproach, the upper echelons of newsrooms like the BBC with its press association policy, have granted these sources a near-immutable trust. For media outlets across the globe, AP and Reuters have become the barometers of relevance, the pulse quickeners that dictate which stories get the green light. It's a trust that grants these agencies near-omnipotence over the global narrative as their content flows unrestricted into the news cycle. Yet, beneath this facade of reliability lies a stark reality. These wire agencies are trapped within the same cost-cutting vices gripping the rest of the media world. With budgets tightening like a noose, their journalists are under the same sword of Damocles. Deliver quickly and deliver copiously. The consequence? A reliance on sparse staff in far-flung offices, 
often too stretched thin to do anything but perfunctorily repackage press releases into ready-to-publish articles. Peel back another layer, and you find that the local media, supposedly the watchdogs of the regional fabric, frequently fall into the same pattern. They too become conduits for these press releases, creating an echo chamber where news is not so much discovered as it is passed along. The risk? The potential for undigested, unverified information to cascade through global reporting with the stamp of wire agency approval, unchecked in its spread. The root of the problem sits with the overworked wire agency journalists, clocking in at the break of dawn, faithfully reconstructing narratives from the slivers of information press releases provide. With the clock ticking before they can even seek confirmation from sources, they forge ahead, setting in motion another day where speed trumps scrutiny, and the media's reflection of the world becomes a little more distorted. Part 3. The Chase for Eyeballs how media's pursuit of popularity undermines journalistic integrity. In a world where clicks can be as coveted as currency, the landscape of news has morphed into a battleground for virality over veracity. Traditional media, in an effort to stay afloat in the turbulent waters of the internet age, has increasingly embraced the allure of the whimsical and the sensational. The clickbait articles and heartstring-tugging narratives that lure in audiences en masse. This pivot towards mass appeal has seen media outlets prioritize popularity, often at the expense of shining a light on the more uncomfortable, yet vital, realities of the world. The delicate balance between informing the public and sustaining engagement has tipped, with the scales now heavily weighted towards stories that can capture and maintain public attention. The consequence of this shift is a form of sensationalism that zeroes in on the extraordinary rather than the ordinary. A bizarre, isolated accident may draw headlines while commonplace tragedies gather dust. It is the spectacle that sells, and tabloids alongside mainstream media have mastered the art of packaging infotainment, interspersing the gravitas of world events with the glamour of celebrity gossip. The emotional draw of a story has become a potent tool in the media arsenal. The coverage following the tragic passing of Princess Diana is emblematic of this trend, where the focus of reporting hinged less on the substantive implications of the event and more on capturing and broadcasting public grief. Obscuring the gravity and nuance of serious issues like labor exploitation or comprehensive healthcare reform is an unfortunate byproduct of this craving for virility. The pursuit of eyeballs has watered down the essence of news shifting its function from a conduit of truth to a reflection of the prevailing winds of public opinion. In the pursuit of alignment with audience preferences and sentiments, the media's narrative has become malleable, susceptible to the ebb and flow of popular sentiment. This was made evident during the Iraq War, when a swathe of media outlets adopted a pro-intervention stance, mirroring the prevailing public mood. Such an environment challenges the essence of journalism as a pillar of democracy, where the fidelity to truth and the commitment to unearthing the stories that matter should stand steadfast, regardless of trends or tastes. As we grapple with this reality, it behooves us to question whether the news served on our daily platter truly is the meal we need, or simply the dessert we're told to crave. Part 4. Playing it safe. 
how newsrooms choose low-risk and impartial stories. Venture into the world of journalism today, and you'll find an environment steeped not so much in the fearless pursuit of truth, but rather in the cautious navigation of risk and the steadfast devotion to neutrality. While Western journalists fortunately don't face the dire consequences of imprisonment for their words, they do operate under the shadow of corporate considerations, where fiscal safety often trumps editorial courage. Media companies, driven by their bottom line, instinctively shy away from stories that carry the potential for legal backlash or public outrage, any form of negative reaction that might strike a blow to profitability. And so, the art of storytelling has become a delicate dance of risk avoidance, with publishers meticulously presenting every angle to fend off any hint of bias or inaccuracy. This balancing act has its roots in the media's historical approach to controversial topics like the health impacts of smoking. Before scientific consensus was reached, articles juggled cautionary statements against smoking with counter-assertions from the tobacco industry to maintain an air of objectivity. The same principle applies to how newsrooms prioritize official sources. Quoting the authorities gives them a shield against potential defamation suits. It's the safer bet, the conservative play that keeps them within the bounds of the law. But there's another trend at play, a preference for stories that are cost-effective to cover. The amount of attention a story garners doesn't necessarily correlate with its significance. Rather, it's a function of how easy or challenging it is to report on. For instance, let's reflect on the disparity in coverage between hurricanes Katrina and Stan. Despite both causing severe destruction, the Western media's spotlight was glaringly fixed on Katrina. Over 3,000 mentions for Katrina and a mere 34 for Stan tell a tale of convenience, not consequence. With journalists and resources already present for Katrina, its coverage was a logistically simpler affair than dispatching teams to Guatemala for Stan. In this environment, the rich tapestry of global events is often left underreported, cloaked by the warm, comforting blanket of stories that can be easily and safely delivered. The guiding principle? Tread carefully, steer clear of controversy, and hedge your bets with impersonal storytelling a formula for keeping the newsroom ship steadily afloat in the precarious waters of modern media. Part 5. When public relations craft the narrative, the media's dependency on PR content. Step into today's news ecosystem, and you'll notice a curious phenomenon. A lot of journalistic content seems less about hard-hitting reporting and more like a perfectly choreographed performance. It turns out that this isn't merely an impression. A significant portion of what we consume as news is being scripted behind the scenes by the skilled hands of public relations, PR specialists. Take those interviews you read in lifestyle sections praising a new blockbuster movie. They might feel authentic, but there's a high likelihood that a PR machine, rather than an investigative scribe, is pulling the strings. These interviews are tailored to showcase the product not to ruffle any feathers or reveal anything beyond a gleaming veneer. Beyond crafted interviews, many events we watch unfold in the media are orchestrated spectacles designed for maximum impact. Remember President George W. Bush's mission-accomplished moment in 2003? 
The media showcased it as a spontaneous declaration, but in reality, it was a meticulously planned PR stunt, complete with military attire and a strategic backdrop. The craftiness of PR agencies doesn't stop there. Whether it's concocting poll results, fabricating surveys, or parading hired experts to bolster a particular standpoint, these actions are routine in a landscape where the competition for airtime is fierce. The media, often hungry for content, particularly on slow news days like Mondays, are all too willing to bite. Consider the case of an independent voice such as nutritionist Susan Jebb sounding alarms over a certain diet. What's not divulged in her warnings is the financial backing she's received from an industry that stands to benefit from her statements. Such undisclosed conflicts of interest are surprisingly common, and what's alarming is the eagerness with which the media laps up these spoon-fed stories. According to studies like the one conducted by the University of Cardiff, a staggering 54% of news in the UK is rooted in PR-supplied material. Reporters, strapped for time and resources, are recycling these press releases, often with scant fact-checking. Cases like the Daily Mail's uncritical promotion of a purported hay fever remedy are textbook examples of this trend. This reliance on the PR industry to fill the news hole is not just limited to the private sector either. As we unravel more layers of the modern newsmaking process, it becomes evident that the government too has mastered the art of spinning the narrative to its advantage. Part 6. The Shadowy Alliance. How intelligence agencies shape the news narrative. It sounds like a plotline from a suspenseful spy novel or the raving of a street corner doomsayer. Shadowy intelligence agencies orchestrating the global media narrative. Yet, historical accounts suggest that this notion isn't merely fiction or the stuff of wild conspiracies, but a disquieting reality that has permeated the fabric of journalism. Cast back to the era of World War II and the subsequent Cold War, and the evidence of government propaganda machinery operating at full tilt becomes clear. The CIA, in a bid to exert ideological control during these pivotal times, embedded around 400 agents in media roles across the globe. These agents, masquerading as editors and reporters, as well as a network of cooperative journalists, were tasked with seeding narratives favorable to U.S. interests. Fabricated stories were a staple tool in their arsenal, designed to sway public opinion. The CIA's hands were particularly busy during the Angolan Civil War, where they spun tales of Cuban brutality to weaken global support for the MPLA, allied with Cuban forces. As the Cold War curtain fell, the cessation of these tactics was more myth than reality. Intelligence entities, the CIA among them, continued to wield influence over the media through clandestine ownership and investment. Unassuming media outlets in capital cities worldwide were, in truth, pawns on a geopolitical chessboard, with strings pulled from covert corridors of power. High-profile publications have not been immune to this influence. The involvement of CIA-affiliated individuals in editorial decisions at influential magazines like Time has left an indelible mark on the media's trustworthiness. Once again, amidst this web of manipulation, the role of overburdened journalists comes into sharp relief. The relentless pressure to churn out content leaves little room for the rigorous vetting of sources, 
particularly when those sources come cloaked in authority or credibility. As the boundaries between propaganda and journalism blur, the age-old adage rings truer than ever. Don't believe everything you read, especially when the fingerprints of intelligence agencies might just be smudging the ink. Final Summary At the heart of contemporary journalism lies a stark conundrum. The media, once revered as the purveyor of truth and the watchful sentinel of democracy, now operates under the auspices of sprawling corporations. In this commercial reality, the essence of news has been commodified. It's a product to be sold, and the cheaper the production, the better the bottom line. The repercussions are palpable. The drive for maximum output, at minimal cost, has inevitably led to a dilution of journalistic rigor. The once vigilant pursuit of investigative stories has given way to the recycling of easily digestible content. Simultaneously, this hunger for cost-effective stories opens the floodgates for those with agendas to mold the public discourse. The cast of characters seeking to exploit these media vulnerabilities is diverse, from public relations firms crafting artful narratives to intelligence agencies engineering consent. For them, the landscape couldn't be more accommodating. With an increasingly overstretched reporting workforce, the media has become a veritable playground for the promulgation of spun, strategically placed stories. In the end, the integrity of the news, once considered sacrosanct, has been ensnared by the twin forces of profitability and expedience. As consumers of information, navigating this maze becomes ever more challenging. It's a world where you must read between the lines, question the sources, and recognize that the tales spun in today's headlines may be just as much about serving interests as they are about informing the public. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.